Welcome to Entrepreneurship Lab, a space for all entrepreneurs who want to start, grow and sell their business. In this podcast, we will cover different topics of entrepreneurship, from starting your business, finding your clients and branding yourself. You will be learning everything about marketing, finance, scaling your business, and much, much more. As your host, Nevena Bajalac, I'm welcoming you to my lab where you will together with me create, learn, and grow. Welcome. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the new episode of Entrepreneurship Lab. This is your host, Nevena Bajalac, welcoming you once again. And as always, we're bringing you some new information and a lot of value for you to help you scale and grow your business. I'm very excited because today I have a special guest coming to us straight from New York, and uh, he is an investor. He is entrepreneur himself. He's a CEO of Viz, an e-bike subscription platform for last-minute delivery drivers. Um, and he he's uh, literally someone who builds so much, and he understands how to uh, get funding for you as a startup. He actually did that for his company, Viz. He will tell us a little bit more about that. And I'm very excited to have this conversation. So please uh, welcome together with me, Mike Peregudo. So Mike, thank you so much for taking time to be here with us. Yeah, cool. Yeah, no, thanks, Nevena. Uh, thanks for the intro and happy to be here. So you did some incredible things. I want to hear from you about your journey. You raised almost $5 million for your company, Viz, that's running now very successfully. But tell us, where did you start it as an entrepreneur? Share a little bit about your story. I always like to hear it's inspiring. And yes, tell us a bit from your perspective. Yeah, sure. I mean, no, yeah. Uh, Viz is a company we founded in New York like only 18 months ago, and it goes great. We grow quite fast. Um, and uh, this is my second company. This is actually my third company I'm building as a founder. And uh, the first two was one, one was a success, another one was a failure. So I can feel both. And also, I co founded a venture capital firm at some point of my life, and uh, I'm a co founder there. So it all started uh, in Russia, where I'm originally from, and I lived there and I built my first company there. So, and uh, it was quite successful. So we built a milky delivery service, like, you know, the subscription-based service with uh, delivering uh, recipes and ingredients to cook dinners. Yeah, like, like HelloFresh in the United States or in Europe or in Australia. So we built exactly the same in Russia in 2014. And um, yeah, it was quite successful. We grew up to the largest company in this niche in the country and then sold the company to Yandex, which is a kind of Google type of company in Russia. It was a private tech, I mean, publicly listed tech company, like, you know, ecosystem. So they uh, they acquired the company, my, my company, and uh, it, it it took me like four years uh, in general. So it was quite a, quite a, quite a short run, but kind of successful. So that was my first, you know, milestone um, we did. And then, so yeah, and then I started the venture capital firm with my friends. I'm, I moved out from Russia, lived in Amsterdam for a while, then moved to New York. And um, for a year, I was an investor, invested myself. So I made like around 12 investments in startups all over the world, mostly in Europe and the United States. And also, like I said, co-founded a company called S16VC, which is a 
which is a venture capital firm uh, with $80 million under management. So we're, since that, we made like 50 or 60 deals, I guess. But uh, at some point, I realized I want to build something else as, as, as a founder, not as an investor. So when I came to New York, um, um, I, I met my future co-founders who just launched Wiz and, and I joined them first as an investor, then as a co-founder and CEO. And that's, that's how it works. That's how it goes here in New York. So, yeah. Oh, that's that's great and i love having guests who you know started from scratch and you've been on your journey so today we're going to talk to our listeners about um, raising money uh, and capital right from investors yeah. i think it's a pain point for a lot of people um so before you when do you think a startup is ready for an investor first of all because some people are like i need an investor but i know they maybe don't have a plan or a system or a strategy so what do you see from both points, as an investor and as a founder, when do you think a company is actually ready to look for an investor? Well, I mean, it depends. It depends on many reasons. And also it depends not only on startup itself, but also on the market. For instance, in 2021, I would say that you are ready right now because money just fell out from the sky. And, you know, with the high valuations, it was really easy to raise the money on a PDF, on a PDF stage or something like that. So right now, time is totally different. It's probably the worst uh, time to raise money, the hardest time to raise money in the last, like, I don't know, 15 years or something. So right now, I'd say that it's much easier to raise money when you when you have some traction, when you have some product market fit and it's like it's proved by numbers. Uh, otherwise, if you are raising before you have product market fit and kind of strong traction, you should have a strong name as a founder or as a team of founders. Um, or you just you just should have family or friends who invest in you. So <laughs> that's it, I would say. Uh, so nowadays, I'd say try to find product market fit to get some traction in revenues and dollars or in users or in, or in anything just to prove that it, it it works and it, people need it. I mean the product, and then it it would be easier to raise to raise money. Amazing! Thank you so much. And uh, uh, great. So, what are some mistakes that you wish you avoid when raising money or even investing in companies? Because we can learn a lot from those in, uh, mistakes. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think I looking back back. Uh, I'd say that. I was doing quite well. Uh, for sure, I would do it in a different way if I, you know, fr from today's standpoint. But at that point, when I was like, I don't know, eight years ago, when I raised my first capital from investor, I was just not. I, I was just a different person for. So for that stage of company and for that stage of my personality, it was kind of successful. But um, yeah, I mean, probably the main mistake is planning and expectation from the raising process. So I would say you're making a mistake if you think that you will raise quickly nowadays. So raising money is always, always takes more time than you expect. Like in 100% cases, uh, you overestimate it. You, you underestimate it. You underestimate this time. So for instance, uh, when I raised to, in, my, in my company in 2021, after I already had a success as a company, I failed, by the way, I didn't mention it, but I also was building an education startup in the U.S. for a year, 
in 2021 and it failed. So, but I raised quite easily because I had a, you know, previous success and my previous investors gave me money. But again, I was thinking I will raise like in a month, but it took me three months. Now we think, now we think we can raise in four months, but it will take like eight months, etc. When, when we sold our company uh, that I mentioned, uh, we thought it would take us like four to five months and it took, and it took us 13 months, more than a year. So, and it happens like as an investor, I have few exits also. And um, I was taking part in these exits or in the next rounds of the companies that, that happened after me. So again, it always, always in 100% times, uh, it it just takes much, much time than you think it will. So that's probably the main uh, the main mistake people are doing. Yes, expectations. Um, uh, amazing. So when you want to start looking for an investor, if you're a fresh new and you've never done this before, where would you start? You mentioned you can go to your family, friends and say, hey, guys, I need some cash to feed. And uh, where would you start? Where do you look for investors? How did you build relationship networks? And then we're going to talk a little bit more about how to approach them and what you need to show them to actually get them to invest with you. Yeah, so investments are always based on trust. This is the most important thing, so traction. Another one is trust. If you have traction and trust, you will get the money. If you have either traction or trust, it's like 50-50. Uh, but anyway, uh, you should have trust to, to get money from people because you know they give you your money. They should trust you as a, as a, as a person, as, a, as an entrepreneur and on, on, on different like levels, you know. And um, build trust. It usually takes some time. So and uh, it, and so it's it's much easier to build trust if you have some credibility and reputation. For example, if you're a second time founder, which happens to me right now, even third time founder, it's much easier to build trust because people like, oh, you already did it, so you know how to do that, and I can talk to your previous investors, and you know, uh, and your reputation is good, so I can I, I can trust you. Otherwise, if it's the first time, it will take time to build trust. Uh, so I would say that first of all, you need to, you know, to set up process building this trust. It's like a I don't know. It's like a sales process, like an enterprise sales B two B sales process, or like you should have a CRM, you should have a plan, you should have a you know different points of connection with with people. You should nurture this trust this time. Sometimes it takes a month, uh, and in uh, another case, it takes a year. It also depends on size, on check size. For example, in Wiz, we are going to raise like next Series A, like around fifteen million dollars. And obviously, for someone to give us fifteen million dollars, it will take time, and mu much more time than to give us like I don't know fifty k. Uh, so it also depends. Yeah. So, uh, I would say that uh, the important thing is just to build a process. Like, okay, I. Mm. Uh, I get people here, I don't know, on LinkedIn and Crunchbase, among my friends, among their friends, among my family, anywhere. So I put them on CRM and I just talk to them and I have different con uh, connection points with them. Like I have a call, then I have a meeting, then I have a meetup, then I talk on a conference, I don't know. Then I send an investor update, then I, then I invite them on our board meeting or something like that. So uh, when we raised when we, we are raising money it's a whole process it's described on the mirror board you know with like 10 different connection points with any investor 
and we have a CRM and I have an, an assistant who helps me with that because it's like hundreds of calls, hundreds of meetings and yeah, and everything should be executed on a, a good you know level, professional level. Thank you, Mike. That's amazing. So my next question is when you are now building that relationship, what are some of the documents? I'm very big on systems and showing the processes and that the person knows what to do. And very often when a really, really fresh startup, especially freelancers come, they're trying to build something. I tell them sometimes it's too early because you don't even know what you're doing. You need to know your numbers. You need to know how you're getting your sales to show and prove to someone why they should invest with you, right? Bring some results. So what is something that you maybe prepare as the documents? Like, is it financial re reports, sales reports? What are some things that you prepare Prepare to show the investor, hey, these are our numbers, and this is how we are evaluating our company, and this is how much we're asking based on that. Yeah, sure. I mean, again, it depends on the stage uh, and on the size, on the check size of investments. If someone put like I don't know, fifty k dollars in your company, like he or she probably will not, you know, make a full due diligence or something. And if they put like I don't know, twenty million, it will be totally different. So. But anyway, you always should have a pitch deck, and also you should. I should. I should say that I would say that you should like train a lot. And um, firstly, firstly, you probably want to speak to you know people you will likely not raise from just to train uh, your your pitch and your pitch deck and your materials, and then. Uh, getting feedback from them, improving your pitch and your pitch deck, you go to investors you think you will raise from. So that's the right approach, I guess. So pitch deck for sure on any stage. And also if you have tractions, traction, it should be, yeah, it should be financial model. It should be PNL and it should be some legal documents and probably it should be investor updates. Um, so that's what we have in our data room. It also can be a, so actually, that's what we have. So we have a pitch yes. deck. We have a one pager, like a short pitch deck. We have a financial deck, which is a kind of PNL uh, report and financial model more model for the next five years. And we have uh, monthly updates for the whole period. Like uh, any any kind of potential investor can read all of our updates, like back to I don't know twenty twenty two. So and now to, to switch roles a little bit because you're also an investor in so many startups. When you're investing, so we can perceive how are they seeing us when we're pitching them, what is something you're looking for and like to spot on and, and decide this is the company I want to invest in and this one, it's not for me. Yeah, uh, so as a fund, uh, when we invest as a fund or I personally invest, we target uh, seed and late seed stages. That that means, so for this stage, what we are looking for is actually three main things. First, uh, the first one is traction. Because on seed stage, it's product market fit should be already proven and there should be some traction. So we dive deep into numbers, we see how it goes. And in traction, in numbers, we are trying to find the proof that product market fit is strong that it's not false product market fit, that it's real, you know, and it can, and it can be scalable. Uh, so traction is uh, the first one. The second one is founders and the, and the team of the startup. So uh, we kind of try to dive deeper into their personalities, both as an entrepreneurs and just people, you know, because both is important and um, trying, trying to understand are we are the same values? Are we comfortable to go with these guys? Are they ambitious enough? Uh, are they just honest, you know, et cetera? 
So traction is the first one, founders and team is the second one. And the third one is market itself and its size uh, and its, you know, momentum because uh, we've seen a lot of examples where strong founders could not build a large company just simply because of the market or the timing on, in this market was wrong. And I was actually with my failure with my second company, I was in this uh, position also. So we'd build an education a startup in the US it didn't work. So we did an amazing job. I mean, I had a great team. I don't think I could do anything like better, but it was just people just didn't need just didn't need it. And um there was not product market fit there and the market was the timing on the market was bad. So uh market is also important both its timing, momentum on this market and its size. So again it's traction, it's founders and it's the market. So the, these three yeah. points are important. Yeah. Brilliant. Thank you, Mike. I would like to wrap up uh, the this episode by asking you for some final advice that you would maybe give to startups and someone who's trying to raise money and grow and sell their company and do what you did. So what is something that comes to mind to you as an advice? Yeah, you know, it changes it changed depend, depending on my experience. And um, right now, I would say that the main thing uh, you should do when you build a startup, then if you fail, it doesn't mean you're a bad founder or a weak entrepreneur or something. It could just simply uh, be not, not not product market fit there or something else, or I don't know, any kind of circumstances. So just stop this one and try another one. So that's how I did with my uh, second company, which, which like I mentioned, uh, was a fail. Uh, at some point, I just realized that I'm trying to uh, trying hard. Team is trying hard, but it doesn't work. So we stopped. We still had uh, some money from investors. We decided not to spend it. We just stopped, and we started another thing. This this company I built right now and quite successfully. So we put this uh, cash uh, in this new company, and it worked. So my advice will be like if you if if you feel the like you're like you're failing with the company, it doesn't mean you're a bad founder. It just it just stop this one and try another one and it probably will work if it not work uh then just make it another try brilliant and that's speed of implementation and speed of changing things and following the markets sometimes something that works right it's going to go out of fashion because of new inventions and you have to just uh switch and invent and reinvent yeah. absolutely so don't, don't blame yourself it's just you know external circumstances it doesn't mean you're a big founder or something just give it another try brilliant thank you mike so much for being my guest it was absolute pleasure and this was so helpful um i want to thank everyone for listening make sure to download this episode subscribe to the podcast give us some likes and hearts and comment what did you like the most and share it with others that's the whole point so they can benefit as well and tag me and mike on social media and tell us that you enjoyed the episode thank you mike for being here yeah thanks for having me it was a pleasure and thank you everyone for listening i will see you on the next episodes